It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I don't keep a whole bunch of AA nor triple A batteries around the crib. I actually had to put together like a little toy for my son yesterday and he uh needed triple A batteries. What's up with these toy companies having you unscrew shit to put batteries in? Like, are there and uh, are there babies just running around swallowing batteries that that that, that they had to start putting like you had to have a, a Phillips set screwdriver or, or a flathead to, to to play with a toy. Like I gotta, I gotta. It's probably just some everything. safety precaution kind of yeah. thing. Well, it, it happened one time. And they're like, never yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. It'd be, it, it All it takes like is those, one. It's the Bucky baby, right? Like you, you see, like <laughs> is a, it, they, they got those uh, those labels, this disclaimers on buckets, like. Don't let your child step into this. It's like ah, oh, or the trash one... bags. The trash uh-huh. bags. This is not a toy. Yeah, <laughs> some silly ass baby in Toledo had to, you know, <laughs> had to fall before all of us got this this heated message. You know, you got to take heed to the fact that a bucket might be uh, troublesome for you. Should every um, company get one? Like, like we like, don't know one dead like, baby. What are you saying? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean. 
Like, we don't know. Like, they didn't know. Like, oh, man, plastic. Kind of messed up. Oh, like, Tony's, you know? Tony's going for 50 already. Wow. You can see it in his eyes for the <laughs> wow. warm-ups. You can, see it in the, you can see it in the layup line that Tony was on I'm his game tonight. Ch- I'm just here to challenge yeah. conventional thinking. That's yeah. all I'm here for. Or thinking, period. But I'm, yeah. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, shit, Jesse. This is going to be an ISO game. It, it's, it's Sunday. Be, it's Sunday. It's you forgot be, it's yeah. Sunday. It's not yeah. Tony today. It's Anthony. It's Sunday. You know what He's, time it is, Dave. Sunday, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the white jerseys on. You know, the, the Lakers alternates. You know, the, one, the, the, the Sunday white. Sunday white. Shout out to all the Sunday whites listening as well. What's uh, what's what's this episode two fourteen? Two fourteen. Yeah, we're gonna be on one today, Tony. We're gonna be on one today. Um, I want to start this by saying I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in a lot of things. And if you were looking for, you know, uh, the frivolous effervescence that I usually provide you, pod to pod. This one might be a little bit of a letdown. Uh, I'm disappointed in uh, myriad things, right? Is it myriad of or myriad? I, I usually go with myriad things, like myriad reasons instead of myriad of reasons, right? But, oh, I let uh, I let my English teacher back in high school correct that, you know, at the end of the pod. Um, hopefully everything's good with her. Hopefully life's treating her well. I know it's treating me well. Ah, you was wrong, bitch. <laughs> nah, but I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Bleep that out. Uh, (laughs) So I'm disappointed because I just finished the Chris Rock special uh, that everybody was gushing over and talking about on the old uh, social medias and, you know, Saturday's first, what, Netflix live event. And I got to say, man, wasn't funny. Like it just to me and, and listen to me. If you're listening out there and you know by now, if you've sampled any of my product, you know, I don't give a shit what you think, right? But for me, and I hate when people say this, but I guess I'm going to have to say it in this instance, in my personal opinion, oh, I hate when people have to like, I hate when people have to preface something. In my opinion, it's just like, just get to your shitty opinion and we'll, we'll figure it out on the other side, right? But in my personal opinion, he sounded like, um... He sounded like what it was what it was like to watch Jordan play for the Wizards, right? Where you're like, "Oh man, he is going out there, still trying to do this, and 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 still, you know, he he still can hit a few fadeaways, right? He's, he went up and got Ron Mercer shot off the backboard, right? Like, uh, you know, he busted his chin and then got mad at everybody for not playing as hard, right? He he also. He also traded Rip Hamilton for Jerry Stackhouse, and, and we see how that ended up for the Detroit Pistons, right? But you knew and felt like some of the greatness would be there because it's the rock roller coaster, as I like to call it. If, if, I've been a I've been a fan of Chris Rock since hell since the first time I saw him. Let's let's be real about it. I used to Chris Rock. Remember those VH1 show like stand up comedy shows they used to have where they have like five or six comedians and they'd all do a little bit of a set and that'd be thirty minutes. Like I remember back in the eighties watching Chris Rock on those things and of course Bring the Pain is one of the greatest stand up specials ever recorded. Right, Chris Rock is a legend. Right, and and you guys know by the amount of praise I am heaping on him in this moment, the 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 avalanche of shade that is getting ready to come. Right. Speaking of, he did a joke about coming for like three minutes, two and a half minutes. And I'm like, come on, Rock. Like, you know, 
Like, he's out here hitting people with the Hulk Hogan leg drop, fam. Like, it's it's like, you know, he's doing the whole, the, the, the gesticulating to the crowd, like, into the, the hands of the ear, like, can you hear me? You know what I mean? Get, go over and run over to the left side of the stage. Can you hear me? Ah, like, it, it seemed like a caricature of what Chris Rock uh, used to be. And this might sound like a scathing review, but it's just the fact that I hold Chris Rock in such high regard. And of course, who am I? Like, I'm just an idiot with a microphone, just like everybody else. But just some of the things, and it's not even about the Will Smith stuff. Like, it just, you know, the rock roller coaster of him repeating something and repeating something, and then you're getting to the top of the roller coaster, and then he just smashes you with the great punchline, or, you know, he pays it off, and then you're riding that roller coaster all the way down to the laugh, right? Like, the roller coaster got to the top, and there were too many jokes where we were just stuck up there, right? Like, the pro-choice, pro-life thing, like, it, there was, there was some funny, you know, it could have been some funny moments in there, but, eh. and then to me, he was just out there doing old white man comedy. I don't know what way to put it or what other way to put it, but if I would have closed my eyes and heard someone open up their set talking about the woke, you know, the the, the woke population and woke society, I'm like, wait a minute, am I, is, is this Bill Maher? Is this Chris Rock? Like, what are we doing here? And then the end, like, the man has been a surgeon, a surgeon for two decades, right? And I knew I wasn't wrong about how I was feeling and watching this because I stayed away from all social media commentary as much as I possibly could because I didn't want it to get ruined. But at the end, when it's time to land the Will Smith jokes and he he fudges it and says emancipation instead of concussion, the movie, and he wants to end it with emancipation, like... You know, like the the emancipation joke, I just watched it so that he, you know, sees just watch him get his ass whooped. Like a surgeon for two decades. He was so emotional at the end of that thing that he couldn't stick the landing on the joke. And then, of course, you know, it's it just corny dudes calling out uh, corny dudes to me. And now a corny dude now has to respond. Right. And I know people have been getting in trouble for calling people corny over this last few days. So I'm a tread lightly. But anyway, hey, hi, how y'all doing? I'm corny dude number 1437. I'm just, you know, not not afraid to admit it. Y'all hear it anytime I talk. Hell, anytime my fiance get on here, I sound like a corny dude because she unearthed some, you know, half truth that makes me look like, you know, <laughs> the corny dude that I'm talking about. Right. But I'm just saying, man. I expect so much from a Chris Rock stand-up, and, and it just it just fell short to me. It just fell short. And even when he tried to serious it up and give you some of those things that Chappelle gives you, Chappelle's such an amazing storyteller that you get you get wrapped up in how he's painting a picture for you and making you feel whatever he felt in the moment that he's describing and explaining. You're there. He takes you there. Even if you don't want to be there, even if it's uncomfortable, he takes you there. I just felt like Chris Rock was telling jokes. I didn't feel like he took me anywhere. I felt like he was looking out to an audience of people who were just happy to see him back on stage. And I was happy to see him back on stage as well. But these last couple haven't been it for me. They haven't been it. I was disappointed because I was looking forward to whatever the return would be. And I was afraid that it would be this for me. Now, I've seen people that I respect and trust that say they loved it and say that it was terrific and say that it was outstanding. But the comedy, I guess, that I've gotten 
used to. I guess I've just gotten used to it. Like, you got to take me somewhere else nowadays. Or you just got to be fall down funny. You got to take me on a ride while being fall down funny. That, that to me, is a terrific comedy show. So um, it's an all-time great, right? All-time great. But, you know, I feel like we'll be seeing uh, Mariah Carey wear Chris Rock jersey dress at an all-star game <laughs> soon to come. Remember when she pulled that off? Remember when she had the Wizards Jordan dress? Huh? When she had the, the, the Jordan Wizards jersey dress on? Come on, man. That was just good times. Those were good times back in the day. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't it for me. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. And it continued my night of disappointment because I'm a Bulls fan. (laughs) And I feel, I feel like I've been trying to believe in something all year long that I knew I shouldn't believe in. And then they kept telling me that I shouldn't believe in. And then finally... They've now, with 18 games left seemingly, just run out of, you should still feel this gas. You know what I mean? Like, all the things that have been said, all the talks about urgency and complacency and toughness and mental acuity and shot making, it really all doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point. Because what are you really lining yourself up for in this moment? The Bulls sit in the 12th seat of the Eastern Conference right now behind the Indiana Pacers, who they lost to Sunday afternoon. And also, they're tied with the Pacers, but the Pacers hold the tiebreaker because the Pacers have beat them three times out of four. So essentially, the Bulls now have to jump three teams. Right? They got to jump the the Pacers, who won 11. They got to jump the Wizards, who are in 10. And both of those teams have tiebreakers on them, if I'm not... No, no, they they got the Wizards tiebreaker. The Pacers have the tiebreaker. So they got two teams they got to jump, and one has the tiebreaker on you, and you're tied with them right now. So they, they're ahead of you. Like, it's just not a good place to be. And if you want to talk about the game, want to get down to the nitty-gritty of the game, the best player on the court was Tyrese Halliburton. And anybody who's been listening to me or anybody who goes back to uh, a few years ago when we talked about Patrick Williams and that draft, before that, fourth pick was awarded to the Chicago Bulls. They were in line to get something like the sixth pick, somewhere around there, the sixth or seventh pick record-wise. We went into draft lottery night, and we had all the draft shows before that on NBC Sports Chicago, and I, on record, said that at the sixth pick, I think they might be looking at Denny Avdia, but I'm a Tyrese Halliburton guy. He was the guy that I could not take my eyes off of outside of the top three. Everybody thought it was a three-player draft. Then after that, who was going to make the big splash and find the next guy? There's a lot of people in that draft. There's a lot of really decent players in that draft. But Tyrese Halliburton, you, you fast forward three years later, the man has been traded, which not it wasn't one of those, we got to get rid of this guy. It's, we want that dude. That was part of the Demonis Sabonis trade. You know, Buddy Heald and coming along, fine. Buddy Heald is a really nice player, right? But he's nothing to build a franchise around or on. 
the Indiana Pacers are looking at that dude and say, that's the, that's the floor general for our future. The Sacramento Kings have that guy in De'Aaron Fox. And even then, Tyrese Halliburton stood out some nights next to the guy that was the guy. So his talent is undeniable. And what he did, and to have the history now behind it after the game of what he did, he went out and had 29 and 11. You might think, oh, that's a damn good game. He controlled the game, the entirety of the game. And the Bulls without a point guard or without a lead guard and that dude on the court, it's striking the difference of understanding, okay, this guy's got to get a shot now. I got to get Miles Turner involved. I got to get Chris Duarte shots because when he's on the court, he's got to shoot. He's got to score, right? I got to get this. I got to get Ben Matherin in the positions to score the basketball as well. I mean, come on, man. Tyrese Halliburton was the maestro Sunday afternoon. And then to know that he and Pat Beverly had history and for Pat Beverly to be a part of the five-point possession that swung the game where he put, you know, he, he gets a little too close to Tyrese Halliburton's landing space. Tyrese Halliburton comes down on his foot and already, already suffering from a right calf injury and also a right knee injury. Now his right ankle folds up on him because Pat Bev didn't give him, give him enough space. The Zaza Pachulia rule gets put into effect. Tyrese Halliburton goes to the line, knocks down a free throw. The same possession where they get the ball back, because of that, they score. They were down two points when they came down with the ball. Down two. Okay? Down two with one turn, one possession, they're up three. That's damn hard to do. Tyrese Halliburton knocked down a shot while getting crowded by one of the better defenders in the league. And then you go back to February 3rd. February 3rd, I believe, of 2022, something like that, where Tyrese Halliburton remembered that Pat Beverly in a post-game interview said that, hey, this dude shouldn't even be mentioning my name. And, and, and if you don't believe me, <laughs> if you don't believe what I'm saying to you, here, I'll play it for you. Because it really, and, and by the way, he went on J.J. Reddick's podcast because he understood that there's some, there's some old smoke that I've been waiting to uh, unearth. And it was Pat Beverly waiting on the other side. You want kind of keyed in, and, and I, that, those are just the, the stats, but including all the stuff off the ball and just the overall defense. Uh, I, uh, I heard Halliburton did an interview a while ago. And he mentioned my name, didn't it? But after the game, Pat Bev is barking because they won. And I'm like, what? And Buddy didn't have it. He guarded Buddy, but he got like four points. Pat Bev did a good job, whatever. He looked at me dead in my eyes as I'm walking off the court and was like, you lucky I wasn't guarding you tonight. I would lock that shit up. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, you know, for a first-year guy to mention my name, especially all the work I done done in this league defensively, I felt it was, I wouldn't say disrespectful, but uh, I remembered his words. So, uh, I took it kind of personal, and I wanted that challenge tonight. Coach gave it to me and subscribed to the pod. Now, I'm with that last, uh, that last submission, always subscribe to the pod. But Tyrese Halliburton didn't forget that. And tonight when he hit that shot against Patrick Beverly, he's had something to say not only to the Bulls bench, but also to the crowd and to his teammates. The young man is a star in the making, and... Looking at the Patrick Williams part of that equation, because Patrick Williams was the fourth pick in that draft, man, how different would this squad look if Tyrese Halliburton was next to Zach Levine? And that's the only thing that I was thinking, all right, you got a guy who's going to play point guard and the guy who would be able to defend 
the best perimeter scorer on the other team once he bulked up and once he got his NBA man strength on him. And man, the dude is an outstanding looking player, man. I'm, I'm really, I, I enjoy basketball. So when people get upset with me when I'm talking um, in not so um, glowing terms of their favorite teams, it ain't because I hate your team. It's because I love basketball. And then that dude is a ball player. But all in all, I mean, the Bulls The Bulls have given you what they've given you all season long. There's always some kind of chink in the armor. There's always some kind of, of um, attention to detail that's missed. And in the losses, especially when you're supposed to win the game, because this was a game you're supposed to. I'm tired of this stuff about how, well, you know, every game is a tough one. Guess what? Every game is a tough one because you make it a tough one. This is a game that you go in there and you win by 10 points because you're better than them. But, oh, the record says you're not. So I guess you are what you are. The Bulls have not been playing up to expectations all year long, whether it be their expectations, whether it be expectations of management. Remember, our tourist, Connor Chauvin, said he wanted to do better than last year. Last year, you got to the playoffs. You got a gentleman sweep. This year, you got the playing tournament. And that's my part about what are we really hoping for or expecting now. They got a higher probability of winning the lottery than they do of making the playoffs. So what are we really talking about? You get into the playing tournament, if you do win that, you're sitting at what, the 8th seed, 7th seed, whatever the case may be. Here's Boston. Okay? Here's Milwaukee. Go enjoy. Now, this season has been revelatory because it's top to bottom. I watched a team who struggled with second chance opportunities and offensive rebounding situations. Most of this post all-star break, which has been 11 games have the same thing hit them against the Pacers who aren't an overly physical or big team. Miles Turner is a tall guy. Miles Turner doesn't play like a big man. (laughs) Miles Turner had three rebounds. Three. And if Arturis Karnaschovas made no moves other than Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond as the signings this offseason, and one guy has already been waived and the other guy has more DMP CDs than an offseason acquisition probably should, in and out of the rotation, in and out of the lineup, Billy loves to play the small lineups, but man, if you get your ass kicked on the boards, then (laughs) you got an abort mission, fam. Patrick Williams is in and out of the starting lineup. This thing has been a mess. A mess. And they might not like, like me saying it. The fans, that, that, that all they do is see red, might not like me saying it. But that's fine. This is substandard. And if the only person that's going to have some standards around here is the fucking pregame host, then we got issues. <laughs> I know they got standards of board, the questions that get asked and answered with the same lip service to the same things that we see wrong, night in, night out. I'm a Bulls fan before I'm anything. I've had several different job titles in this city. Always been a Bulls fan. So I'm, I feel the same things all the Bulls fans out there feel. Yeah, you might want things to feel better. You might want things to look better, but the results are what they are. This team has underachieved since word go this season. And at some point, we expected a switch to be flipped. 
and that switch has not been flipped, and there's only 17 games left now. So to what end? Yeah, this is my disappointment. As a Bulls fan, it has been disappointing to watch this team figure out ways to not be on point in so many losses, in so many nights where you're like, all right, tonight it's the defense. Okay, defense is shored up. What's the problem now? Offensively, just can't get it together. There's a three-point issue. Well, guess what? There's a three-point issue. Somebody's got to be a downhill driver and get to the line. Somebody's got to attack the rim and force teams into compromising positions. Oh, you got that guy? Well, let, let, let's ignore him in the most crucial moments of the game. This is the other thing, too. This Zach Levine um, uh, lack of recognition by his teammates, namely, and, and let's, let's not pussyfoot around this, DeMar DeRozan has become this team's de facto point guard since he got here. And I love DeMar as much as the next person. I, I Go back and check out 100 episodes ago how I was talking about DeMar DeRozan and this team at the beginning of last year. Go back and check out what I was saying about this team around the All-Star break. I'm fair. And in looking at this situation now, if you bring in a veteran point guard <laughs> to head up your team and in four or five games, he pretty much isn't allowed to be the veteran point guard because DeMar DeRozan has the ball in his hands. DeMar DeRozan being counted on as your chief decision maker only gives you so much of a ceiling of success. And you want me to prove it to you? Look at the last year. Outside of a couple game-winning shots, like, look at what this team's record probably has been since the All-Star break of last year to now. And Billy Donovan tried to warn everybody when he came back from COVID after the game when he shots against Indiana and Washington say, Hey y'all, <laughs> this shit ain't, it ain't cooking up what it's supposed to be cooking up. It's a bad batch. <laughs> we better, we better nip this in the bud or else. And the or else has happened. The or else is happening. So you've got Zach who's visibly dejected sometimes in offensive possessions. Visibly. You can see it on the court where he's got his shoulders slumped, and he's like, oh, shit, well, I guess the last eight points in a row that I scored have gone by the wayside because now it's time for somebody else to get theirs. I, man, I sit there sometimes, I'm, I'm angry with him. And then in certain moments, he gets the ball, and, and then he's like, you know what, I'm going for mine now. And it's like, oh, no, Zach, you're going to look like you're part of the problem too. Like, there's so many layers to the foolishness. There's so many layers to it. And then you just get the nights where they just flat out don't try as hard as the other team. And I wish these things were just negative spin and, you know, all the other bullshit that people want to float out to you where it's like you got to be positive. What is there to be positive about right now? This, this team is struggling night in, night out. They're struggling. The Pistons made a comeback on them. You know, remember the Rockets game earlier this season, the Spurs game? Like, there's a bunch of games that we get to the end of. The last couple of years, we've gotten to the end of the season with a bunch of games where it's like, man, what about this game? What about that game? What about this game? And then when they're happening in real time, people act like, well, it's just one of 82. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. This is the culture. You are who you are. Your team is what it is record-wise for a reason. There's no way in hell with the talent that that's on that team they should be sitting as we sit here recording this podcast at 10.02 Central Standard Time on a Sunday night. They're sitting in the 12th spot in the Eastern Conference. There's not, 12 better, there's not 11 better rosters 
in the Eastern Conference than this, this one that, that the Bulls currently have. It's not. So we'll see what this next 17, 18 games looks like. I thought this team would be a 42 to 44 win team. They would have to haul ass right now to make it to that. Haul ass. And everybody got to lose. Everyone has <laughs> to lose. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just, I'm just disappointed because there were some expectations for this squad. I knew they weren't a championship contender, but the, I thought that they would mess around, jump in, and shake something up, make something uncomfortable for somebody in the first round of a series. They're battling for their playing lives, not their playoff lives. They're playing live. Meanwhile, Emmanuel quickly is out here busting people's ass to the tune of 40 points, and the New York Knicks are running up and down, being tougher than everybody. Like the teams that we thought would be slotted right around the Bulls, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Cavs, right? <laughs> the Cavs messed around and have turned Donovan, not, not Donovan Mitchell, turning the Cavs into a contender. The Cavs have messed around and turned Donovan Mitchell into a premier closer in the NBA. For the first time in his career. Yeah, he did, he did that shit with Utah in terms of put up some huge games and was a star. That man is a closer. That man is one of the best closers in the NBA right now, quietly. He had like what? Something like 12, 13, 40-point games in his total career as a Utah Jazz, if I'm not mistaken. He's had like six this year. We thought we would be talking about the Bulls with the Cavs, with the teams like the Knicks, with teams uh, like the Heat, of course. You know, that second tier. Who was going to fill in that second tier of the Eastern Conference? You fast forward four and a half months, we're talking about the Bulls having better odds at winning the lottery than making the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm disappointed. Time for some commercials. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ever been outside of Chicago? Outside Chicago. Outside. 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 Where we at? Outside. So, speaking of being disappointed, I um, I got up yesterday, checked the old interwebs, see what was cooking, and I saw a still photo, and I'm like, Nah, this is photoshopped. This ain't real. That was the first thing that I said, and then I did some investigation. And then I saw the video. 
And then I sent it to my man, Kendall Gill, because he's the number one young boy hater. Like, he, he is NBA young boy hater. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> With, without the beef. <laughs> but seriously, the John Morant thing. Um, there have been a lot of things that have already been said. You're probably not going to hear anything new going forward. I will say this. John Morant, for everybody talking about John Morant and for all the pictures that are popping up, there's a whole bunch of different levels to this thing, right? Because I saw Jalen Rose say, you know, I, I'm, I was John Morant or I am John Morant. And then he starts to tell his story about what his NBA life was early on, being involved with the people that he was nearest and dearest to, but also having to be a professional basketball player and trying to meld those two worlds. I will say this, man, on a very small scale, on a lesser level, I believe I've been John Morant too. And I want to speak on it in this vein. For everybody out there saying, well, the guy's from the suburbs or the guy, guy, look at this loving family he grew up in. Hey, man, I'll say this one thing. You know, hustlers hustle and then they, the good ones, don't stay in the hood. They usually move somewhere, I don't know, suburban. And then they raise kids. And sometimes those kids are still connected to where their parents' roots trace back to or what footing their parents and their family still has in other areas and other neighborhoods. For everybody to be floating this picture of John Morant smiling with red hair as he's got his polo buttoned up all the way to the top and he's in the backyard that looks plush looks like the lawn has been cut and manicured perfectly and he's sitting he's standing there with his mom and his dad and his sister T. Morant I guess played ball with with Ray Allen uh, back in the days so like T. Morant has been back around basketball for the majority of his life and continues to be around basketball and we'll talk about in what capacity maybe he should or shouldn't be going forward but for all of this stuff about where he's from and all this other stuff like we don't know a whole lot about John Morant and, and and it dawned on me because I started to think about like when we were first introduced to John Moran. And it was for me the year before he came out of college. And he was the reason why this small school was being put on ESPN and Jay Billis was talking about the, the best player that nobody has ever seen play or the best player that nobody's heard of. And that's when I was privy to John Moran. But to go to find out that John Moran was the product of uh, a scout going to see somebody else and bumping into an auxiliary gym where this kid was in there killing everybody, but for whatever reason wasn't on the varsity team. Like, we like to play like we know people because we've met them or we've seen them for a couple of years straight. You don't know who John Moran is or isn't. And, 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 and that's the thing that uh, I'll start with. And we're going to get these jokes off because... Calling that man John Wick is hilarious. I'm sorry. That shit made me laugh out loud three times. I've been laughing for 45 minutes straight at certain points over these last seen couple that of one. days. Yes. They oh, call this so man John Wick. Like, he he is out here and a part of every meme, a part of every Photoshop. The internet is taking a nice little chunk out this man. So the jokes will fly. The jokes will fly. They're they, they going to continue to fly. But then the Washington Post piece comes out. And you learn about John Morant being involved in something that I would caution anybody out there. You know, we just talked about in the, what, a couple of pods ago or the last pod about the Jalen Carter situation and about how I respect 
I respect machines, right? I respect speed. I respect cars, you know, like understanding my mortality and understanding how, how things can be taken from you in the blink of an eye. Well, when I say I respect machines, I respect tools too. <laughs> I, I, when you toting that banger, <laughs> when, you, when, when you got the stick on you, I respect that. But uh, you know what I respect? I respect that when people know you have it on them, you can be perceived as a threat. And for John Morant in a lot of these situations, allegedly, to be flashing the tool and to be seen with the tool and to be telling people he's going to use the tool, that's, a, that's one thing. And trust me, that's a bad thing because the last thing you want to be is the dude who everybody thinks is total. Because guess what? Somebody going to try you. Somebody out there is going to find out if yours was the last gun made. Simple as that. I can't put it no other way. And, and I, more times than not, I don't give a shit how much money you got. Yours wasn't the last one made. But to put yourself on camera, yo. Know, I've seen a lot of goofy shit in my life. And I hope this young man, because now people are talking about, you know, his coach talking about getting the help that he needs. Like, I don't know if these are the cries for help that y'all think they are. If you are in the private section of a strip club, one, and a phone is out, first of all, you're playing the game all wrong. If the phone is out in a strip club, I don't know what strip club you at. I don't give a shit who you are, how big a name you are. Those girls are in there working. You have patrons around you that didn't pull their phones out. And maybe, just maybe, you might not want to pull yours out either. I'm sure there was a private room set up. The phone looks so wild that there's two ladies dancing on each other while you and your man are showing off the little, you know, not the little because I don't want to be disrespectful, but showing off the piece. And then you didn't even, you know, hold it and, and, and aim it. You know, you didn't even get your rapper shit off. You held it as if it was, you know, like, <laughs> look at the gun. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're like my man from Beverly Hills Cop. The, 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 you know, let's Axel Foley come into the, to the, to the art gallery for the first time. Ahmad, Axel, you want an espresso? You want Like, that's how he was holding the gun. But to put yourself in that position, dog, it really leads me to believe, and I'm being real with y'all, what if John Morant ain't playing? Like, what if this whole time, John Morant was just nice at basketball, but really doesn't want all the shit that comes along with basketball. The trappings, the fame, the glory. Like, yeah, everybody loved putting in the iced out grills and everybody loved rocking the chains and, you know, being at all the award shows and having the, the, the models slide in your DMs and all the other, and providing for the people around you. But what, what if, and this is, I know everybody out there, because this is this is my take on it. If everybody out there is calling John Morant like this fake gangster and all that other shit, what if, just what if, this is who he is? Like just, and, and, and I know people haven't just, 
um, slowed down besides the jokes <laughs> and also the, you know, the castigation and you got all these old heads now coming out and giving their two cents on it. What if, just what if, like we talk about face of the league stuff, the league was getting ready to be handed over to one of like three or four guys. And John Morant had kind of surfaced as one of those dudes last year. And then all this stuff starts popping up. And, of course, the missed games and his team winning without him at times and his team now becoming one of the more annoying teams in all of sports. Like, there's a lot that's going on with this situation. And for whatever reason, running up to finish line to settle some beef because your mama calls you up there or, you know, slapping around some 17-year-old on your home court because you didn't like what he was saying and you had to look at your man and say, should I do it to him and all this other shit? Like, just what is? This is who he is. He's 23 years old. So I'm not going to do a disservice to all the other young brothers who have come into the league and haven't waved guns around in the private section of a strip club on Instagram Live. Right? Because there's a whole bunch of people, they're throwing on that cape too, boy. Oh, he's just a kid. What did you do? Guess what I wasn't doing (laughs) at 23. You know what I was doing at 23 years old? I was withdrawing more money than my TCF account would let me. Or allow for. That's what I was doing. I was a broke boy. Oh, yeah. Big broke energy. And you know, a lot of 20-somethings, before they get into the NBA, they're broke too. Right? So this whole, oh, well, you know, he's, he's 20. He's 23. Like, where I'm from and where my people are from, we like, yo, you know what we don't want to have happen? Being broke again. <laughs> that is always the the rebound broke where you're like ah shit I'm back down to, to zero that's that's what we try to stay away from in life <laughs> you feel me like so for John Morant to do these things and, and be this reckless now since he's deleted his social media platforms and you know the statements that have been put out like honestly if there is an issue, if there is a problem, I hope he does get help for this problem, whatever the problem may be. If there's stressors in his life that he just can't deal with and he's leaning on substances, I'm not saying this, I'm just saying hypothetically. And I'm just talking now about any hypothetical situation where a young person who is coming to enormous fame and enormous resources may deal with. There's a lot going on there. I mean, hell, we talk about it. Like, that's why the draft combine is so wild to me because you're, you're making 20 to 23-year-olds run around in little shorts after having three or four years of free hits on tape. On tape. Free hits. Come and get them. For three or four years. And then all of a sudden, I got to run around in front of a bunch of fat white dudes and windbreakers with whistles and stopwatches. I got to do that before you give me my riches. And oh, by the way, I got to go to any city that y'all choose <laughs> where the, there's a reason why you have this high pick, right? It's not because the infrastructure is dope here. And by the way, I'm 22 years old and I'm a millionaire. And all the people, you know, the people, this is when you, this is the, 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 the common refrain of a hater. The clarion call of a hater old dude is, well, I wish I had those problems. Well, guess what, pops? You wasn't fast enough. You wasn't smart enough. You wasn't, you know... You know, it wasn't agile enough. You, you, you would never have those problems nor how to deal with those problems. But, man, there's been a bunch of 20-somethings that have come into the NBA, come into Major League Baseball, come into the, you know, the NHL, come into the National Football League, and not carried on like this. And I'll, I'll fill y'all in on something else. There's been a bunch of street dudes 
who have made their way to these professional establishments and said, you know what? You know where I don't want to go back to? (laughs) The street. So that leads me to believe if all these things are true around the young man, what if this is just who he is? What if John Morant just has been getting down like this for as long as he can remember and he finally had his wake-up moment before anyone got hurt or he got hurt? See, that's how I'm looking at this thing. Yeah, we could, we could talk down about the dude that's already been done. Yeah, we could question where he comes from that's already been done. Now, let's start to talk about how this thing got to this place. What's going to happen going forward? And on top of it, maybe just maybe that's who he is. Like, we all like to see the fulfillment of our sports tales, right? Like, all right, he's supposed to be here, and then he's supposed to ascend, and then he's either going to win the MVP or win a championship or fall from grace. But we like to see it on our timeline because this is our favorite male soap opera. Sometimes the actors or the variables or the characters or the athletes, whatever you want to call them, the humans, they got their own plans. And for John Morant to pull out a phone in a strip club holding a gun, wow, two women were dancing on each other behind. That's the, that, like, I, I don't understand, player. I don't know, like, what are we here for? Like, had all the stripping been done? Like, like was, was the stripping, like, had that option been cashed out? No no pun intended. Had it been cashed out? And you're like, you know what? What, what else do we do here, boys? Uh, we've all got our shirts off. So let's, uh, let's jump on IG Live. <laughs> let's jump on IG Live. Hey, anybody got that little Beretta that we'd be making fun of? Hey, throw it over here to me. <laughs> hey, y'all, <laughs> look at this gun that you all should laugh at, too. Like, come on, man. I wonder if somebody uh, was watching that because it, it was late at night. I'm like, hit him with the Cat Williams. We can see you, man. Yeah. I, I couldn't. <laughs> hey, Tony, I could not believe when I watched the video. I'm like, because, you know, this is what I used to do as a kid all the time. And I'll never forget. Rick Fox and Oz was the last time that I did it. I used to always see athletes and be like, you're not in the game, so what are they doing in this show? That's not that person. That's some other six-foot-eight black man. And Rick Fox and Oz was the last time that I did it because for, like, a few episodes, I was like, that's not Rick Fox. And I'm like, but what other Bahamian six-foot-seven small forward out of North Carolina with acting skills do I know of? Yeah, that's probably Rick Fox. You know what I mean? Like, I came around to it. That's... that's (laughs) At some point, man, like, no, no, I, I was watching it. I'm like, no, that's you. That's John Morant. I, I was trying to tell myself, like, nah, that ain't John Morant. That's not Nike's, you know, next, like, second lead athlete. You know, they trying to groom him to be the guy. Like, after LeBron, you got to still sell shoes. Zion ain't on the court enough for, for Jumpman. Jason Tatum is cool, you know, but his hairline ain't going to sell but so many shoes. They need somebody. They need an electric, athletic uh, charismatic, like just magnet, just a force. And he was being groomed to be so. But this is the other thing too, right? So now, after it's all been shut down, if you're John Morant, like you even, now you got to either fake the funk for as long as you can, or you got to truly make some change. So now guess what happens? 
Now the pressure is going to come from the people that you were trying. And this is all, I, I, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days and pretty much the last couple of weeks since some of this stuff has been popping up. Ever since the laser pointer incident with the Indiana Pacers team bus. Now what you're going to have to find out is the people who were encouraging, because let's face it, the, the, the kids who have grown up in this age and damn, do I feel old by saying some shit like I just said. But the kids who have grown up in this age, the currency is likes. The currency is attention. The currency is social media. The currency is being being lit. The currency is clout. So if you turn it off that faucet, now you're going to get it from the other end. Oh, man, they shut you up. They shut your ass down. You're going to let them do you like this. Or, or internally, which is going to be the even more confounding conundrum and the more dangerous time is the people that you were doing all this shit with, if you got to cut them off now, if you got to get rid of them, that pressure ain't going to be any more comfortable than the shit from strangers on the Internet. So now those people are going to be like, oh, so that's that's how you that's how you feel about this, huh? You can turn your back on your people now, huh? So now he's going to be getting pushed and pulled in so many different directions, more so than if he had just kept the damn phone off. Fellas, let, yo, let me tell you all this right now. If you ever feeling like sending off a fiery tweet about everyone you've ever hated before, or if you ever feel like looking into your phone and, and just losing it because you've been dealing with so much, so much stress, so much stuff at work, so many relationship issues, you know, you, 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 your baby ain't cute, whatever the case may be, right? If you've ever thought about turning your phone on and just looking at it and telling somebody how you feel about the person you love in a not-so-glowing fashion, if you ever felt like just ranting and raving just by looking at your phone and saying, you know what, I'm going to let my job know how I feel about them. Or if you're ever in a strip club (laughs) while on the road, this is the other thing too. Whose gun is that? Right? Is that not the the proper question? Because you're on the road. So (laughs) if you're not at the crib (laughs) and you're on the road and you're in L.A., (laughs) whose gun is that? How to get there? Are you transporting firearms on the plane? Like, I'm not, I'm not Sammy the Snitch here, but like, it's, you know, like there's a whole bunch of questions. So if you're ever feeling like any of those things that have to do with your phone, don't. <laughs> Take a step back. The black screen <laughs> is a career, relationship, and sometimes personal killer. Just think twice, man. Think twice. If you're making bad decisions, turning the phone on probably is going to make that bad decision worse. And if you're on IG Live talking about anything other than promoting a show or shooting out some content that people need to see and hear, learn from Anthony Edwards, man. Anthony Edwards had himself quite the issue this offseason and had to be contrite, had to go learn some things. He's covered by some of the people that he was referring to. And Anthony Edwards had to take it back to the lab, apologize to people, understand the, the things that he had done wrong, the missteps that he had made just because he wanted people to get a couple laughs off. 
Stop trying to entertain broke people, man. Because in the end, you're going to only be sitting in the crowd with them. The phone ain't supposed to be on in certain places. And a strip club at 3 a.m. in the morning when you got a couple of ladies dancing on each other and a gun in your hand, I don't know of a worse time for a phone to be on. So for John Morant, And for all the people who are questioning things, I hope I gave you a couple of different things to bite on because I've heard all the same shit. I've heard all the tearing down of Jai and talking crazy about Jai. Fine, you got it. That's fine. Because a lot of y'all don't really give a shit about Jai as is, right? And I'm not saying I'm like invested in the young man, but a lot of y'all are just jumping in here for the time being, saying what you got to say, making it as um, veiled or thinly veiled as you possibly can, you know, throwing out the dog whistles and bouncing. I hope the best for the young man. There are some missteps that he has obviously made, some things that we just can't say is because of age, right? I hope I've made that very clear because that'd be shining a poor light on the rest of the dudes who are running around out here not doing that at 23, 22 years old. So I hope he gets as much help as he possibly needs. I hope therapy is in order, because there's obviously some issues there. And I hope he gets back to doing what he loves doing, which is playing basketball. He's made a ton of money. He's going to make a ton of money. He's got a lot of people eating off of him. He's got a lot of people depending on him. And maybe some of those stresses are starting to show themselves. But there's ways to channel that energy. So I'll let everybody else get back to, you know, throwing all the stones they possibly can at the young man. I just hope he moves smarter going forward. And for God's sakes, y'all, if you're in a strip club, put your fucking phone down, man. The full goal with Jason Golf. That's all the time we have for episode 214, 214. I wanted to make the 213. I did make the 213 joke last, last pod. And old Anthony Gill had no idea who Warren G was. Some sitcom, maybe. Some 90s sitcom. This is an introduction to Warren G, one of hip-hop's finest producers. Flavor of Love, actually. Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love. Yeah. Ain't that a bitch. And you probably met Flavor Flav because of Flavor of Love, too, huh? There's no no public enemy in your life. Who's this short man with a clock? (laughs) There it is, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't quite go for 50 tonight, but boy, was he efficient in his scoring. He he dated uh, Rocky's arch nemesis girlfriend? Drago's girlfriend? Oh, you funny as hell. (laughs) Talking about Brigitte Nielsen. You're hilarious. Rocky's girlfriend. <laughs> this fucking guy. All right. That's all the time we have for episode 214 of the Full Go Podcast. Want to thank our uh, illustrious production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. Of course, the active Jesse Lopez and my main man, Tony Gill. He didn't turn into Sunday Anthony on us tonight. He ain't go for 50, but he was still efficient in his... Uh, his, his deadly touch from outside. So my main man, Tony Gill. We want to thank y'all for downloading this thing, for subscribing to this thing, for rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars you know it needs or else we're going to see you in these streets. We appreciate you for sharing this with your family and friends and spreading the word about the Full Go podcast. As always, the Full Go voicemail line is open for you at 773-359-3103. That's 773 
3103. Anytime you want to drop us a line, feel free to do so. You may stir it up a little bit with the uh, which number is more important, Chicago, number one and number 23, and watch everyone lose their damn minds or not, or not. But you can always drop a dime on a 773-359-3103. We will talk to y'all on Tuesday. We'll get more Bulls postmortem and also get deeper into our draft prep back. We'll do that as well on Tuesday. So holla at us on Tuesday. Until then, we leave you with this. As always, take care and be safe. The Bulls, it's like, you know, everybody's putting all these uh, these uh, Victor Wembanyama, you know, uh, Photoshop Bulls, mm-hmm. you know, wearing Victor Wembanyama. He's wearing number one and everything. Like, people are being real, real saucy with it, right? I, I'd be okay <laughs> if he chose number one. Would you? <laughs> I, I'd be okay. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm gonna, I pretend like it don't his, exist. He's going to get his Inglewood card for folks. Look at, <laughs> look, at, look at Sunday Tony. He's backing up. Like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, he's... Don't talk about generational talent, Jay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Play, play, games like, play games like you don't know what would happen on the west side of Chicago if Victor <laughs> Wembanyama walked in with number one. Uh, play games. Play games. Play games, like Al- play games like Alan Rose wouldn't be at the door. Like, hey. You know you're not supposed to be wearing that. And you know why. I'm going to turn these lights out, and when they come back on, you should probably have on number 12, you know, a little JoJo English action, something else. But 53, you know, good news. Little Cliff Levingston, you feel me? But... They gonna kill me for they gonna kill me for doing two minutes on why Victor Wembanyama couldn't wear number it one. Was. By the way, I'm gonna get my ass freaking seed on on Monday to get to get to get to get Victor Wembanyama Wembanyama. I say I give him. You just can't wear twenty three. You can wear thirty two. Hey. Which 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 number you think mean more to the south side of Chicago? Ooh, I like now, this one. Nah, I tweet that right now. The whole world go crazy. <laughs> Chicago goes the, the the third fire. <laughs> Chicago goes up in flames because a a number war between Jordan and Rose.